Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Friday the 15th of September. This week seems to have flown past. We'll have a preview to the Gillingham action coming up at the weekend shortly, plus a look ahead to one of the big events taking place in the county. But first, we're starting with news that firefighters have been tackling a huge blaze that broke out at a recycling centre in Medway overnight. Around 300 tonnes of rubbish caught alight at Chatham Docks just after midnight. Eight fire engines were sent to the scene along with a high volume pump, a height vehicle and a technical rescue team. Well, at around eight o'clock this morning, we had an update from firefighters to say they'd scaled back the number of engines there to four, but said they expected to stay at the scene for the rest of the day. Just over an hour later, they'd scaled that back even further to two engines. Well, people living nearby were told to keep windows and doors closed because of the smoke. Duncan Mackey lives in the Kel near Asda. He could see the flames from from his flat. Yeah, I was uh, woken up about half past one this morning, but uh, it was either the light from the fire or the smell. And I saw what was going on, and obviously a bit of panic kicks in. Is it going to spread? Um, then you remember what happened in Beirut, and you don't know what's in these factories and what could be burning. It could explode. So I tried to wake up my pregnant girlfriend and say that maybe we should get in the bathtub with a mattress, but um, she wasn't really having any of it, and then uh, just went back to sleep. Duncan also sent us some pictures and video. You can see those by heading to the website today, and our reporter Alex Langridge has been to view the scene. So I'm over here on St Mary's Island, where you can slightly see the recycling centre that was ablaze last night over on Chatham Docks through the trees. Um, at around half nine this morning, there are still um, a couple of fire engines at the scene, as well as the height vehicle um, spraying water down into the recycling centre building. Um, there is also more water being sprayed sort of through the branches, whereas, but it's not clear where this is coming from. You can slightly see some charred tons of waste um, at the moment. We know that around 300 tons of mixed waste at Streetfield Limited um, was on fire last night. Although smoke in the area has reduced, people living by are still being advised to keep their windows and doors closed um, as the smoke can increase and decrease as crews continue to work through the scene. Now, this is the second large fire at the docks in just over a year. You might remember a blaze last June destroyed the Chatham Freight Warehouse. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you today. And a woman's stewing court charged with murdering a pub landlord in Maidstone. Matthew Bryant was stabbed to death outside the Heron Hounds on Lower Boxley Road on Monday. 54-year-old Stephanie Langley from Wilson's Lane in East Farley was due to appear at Maidstone Crown Court. Do head to the website for updates. A man's been arrested after apparently threatening people with a baseball bat in Maidstone. He's said to have caused a disturbance in Earl Street on Wednesday afternoon. A man in his 30s is being questioned on suspicion of assault, criminal damage and possession of an offensive weapon. Exterminators have been called to Medway County Court after reports of a bedbug infestation. People reporting to the courts in Chatham earlier this week were told they couldn't go inside. Affected hearings have been rescheduled. We're told the building has now reopened. Labour say they'd hire more than a 1,000 Home Office caseworkers to deal with asylum claims if they get into power. Leader Sakia Starmer is promising to take control of small boat channel crossings and would stop using hotels, barges and ex-military sites to house people. He's also proposing to 
contemporary nightingale courts to address the backlog. Well, senior researcher at the Migration Observatory, Peter Walsh, says there are no easy fixes. We have a safe and legal route for Ukrainians. There are no Ukrainians getting on small boats. But we do have a safe and legal route also for Afghans. Um, but the need far exceeds the supply of places that we're offering, and that's why we see thousands of Afghans crossing the channel in small boats. Almost 1,500 people have crossed the channel to Kent in small boats in the past week. Now, this is one of our most read stories on the website today. A killer insect that's threatening bee populations has been spotted more in Kent than any other part of the country this summer. Just last month, there were 18 confirmed sightings of the Asian hornet in the county with more than 20 nests destroyed. Last year, there were just two reports in the whole of the UK with none in Kent at all. Well, Peter Downs, a beekeeper from Capel Lafern, his business has been devastated. And he's been speaking to our reporter, Chantal Weller. We have an apiary up here in Capel Lafern, um, and it's a fairly big size um, apiary. Um, we was pushing over 20 hives coming into the season, um, and obviously we've, we've had a massive reduction. So how many have you lost? Um, counting today, it's looking between 14 and 16 that we're actually going to have lost. Um, and watching this morning, I've noticed a lot more hawking happening. Um, and they're actually picking on one of my stronger hives this morning. So that may deplete over the next 48 hours. Mm. So, so you're setting up traps here? Uh, yeah, we've, we've got traps up. Um, we've got um, the, the what we class as a kill trap um, that we use. And um, we... we drill six mil holes into us to try and allow um, all other species out. Um, we are also trialling uh, a new a new one from France at the moment, um, which is going to be more e economical, ecological. Um, so we're going to have it so it, it doesn't trap the European hornet and it doesn't trap wasps and everything else. So the only thing it's based on is to get the Euro, um, to get the Asian hornet or the yellow yellow legged Asian hornet away from us. So we've been and checked all the traps yes. this morning. Uh, tell me about what we found. Um, so on one of um, one of our stations, actually on our apiary itself, um, we had uh, one Asian hornet up on there. Um, we've then come down to some of our other um, traps that we have set up along the cliff tops. Um, in the first one, we had uh, two Asian hornets this morning. And in the second one, we had, uh, so in the third one, sorry, we had three Asian hornets. Um, the National Bee Unit have done a destruction, three destructions down in um, in the bottom of the cliffs, um, which means that we, we shouldn't now, five days later, be seeing any signs of any Asian hornets on us at all. Um, but we, we clearly have Asian hornets. Um, we've been watching over the last few days, we've been watching a few mating flights and we've, we're still seeing multiples of them. They're just not tending to come into our traps as much as in numbers because of the ivies out down in the bottom of the valley and it's easier pickings for them to, to take them than to keep coming up to our apiary. And obviously the devastation for you to watch daily your hives. Yeah, the devastation for me is um, suffering with mental health. That my bees are my way, my way out of my mental health. They help me absolutely massively, and people don't actually sometimes realise the the therapy that comes from them. Um, to actually watch going from twenty odd hives down to what I have now, and physically watching Asian hornets coming in, hawking my bees. Um, grabbing them and flying off with them and leaving my bees in distress um, isn't for me something that I really want to watch um, 
but I don't know any other way forward unless we can try and rectify and get on top of it now. But that means that the National B Unit and DEFRA need to work with the AHAT and the beekeepers in the local areas. It is absolutely terrible news for Peter. Well, a national network of teams has been set up to try and raise awareness. Peter himself has also set up a fundraising page to help restore the bee populations at Capel Lafern. We've put a link to it within the story on the website. Kent Online reports. A solicitor representing Jack Fincham says the Love Island winner is considering lodging a formal complaint after being arrested on the A2 near Dartford. The reality star was detained on suspicion of various driving offences last month but says he was unfairly targeted. The 32-year-old from Swanley is out on bail until November. Police are asking the public's help in identifying a group of boys who punched a man and knocked him to the ground in Dartford. The victim was filming the boys throw crisps around a subway restaurant when they attacked him. Investigators want anyone who can help identify the suspects to get in touch. Elsewhere, police have found a load of cannabis plants after raiding a home in Maidstone. Officers search a property on Plains Avenue following a tip-off from neighbours about a man acting suspiciously. If you follow Kent Online on socials, you can see a video of rats scurrying around bins in Margate. Not unusual, you may think, but the rodents are apparently being attracted by fly-tipped waste on Hall-by-the-Sea Road, and that runs behind Dreamland and the Weatherspoons in the town. Residents say the rat population has exploded and the council are investigating. Now, it's feared vital habitat in Thanet could be destroyed if plans for a massive electricity converter station are given the go-ahead. The facility would be the size of at least seven football pitches. It's been put forward by National Grid and would go on the Minster Marshes near Ramsgate. Campaigner George Cooper isn't happy. This is one of the last remaining unspoilt areas of Thanet where all the wildlife from the rest of Thanet has been pushed out by the developments has come to because it's the last place they can go to. And you've recorded dozens of species we, here. Probably on the bit of ground that I'd look after, probably over 140, 150 species of birds, most of them on the red list, as we see earlier when we drove along. Two turtle doves, which are massively in decline. And not just birds, of course. No, there's, there's um, common lizards, grass snakes, slow worms, water voles. Uh, loads of brown hares down here, foxes. And what do you think it will do to the habitat if National Grid are successful with this? Oh, it's devastate it. Not only will it devastate it, you're going to have a hundred foot building so you wouldn't see that windmill behind us. That, those trees over there is a triple SSI. It's full of wildlife, it's full of birds that are really susceptible to disturbance like long-eared owls. They're all protected species. You know, in the winter, when it's high tide or bad weather, all the waders from Pegwell Bay come onto this ground because this ground floods in the winter to feed and shelter. And, it's, and, and it's, so it's a bit of an oasis, really. Oh, it's a massive oasis for wildlife. People don't know because this is private and there isn't hardly any public access, but that's why the wildlife's here. There wouldn't be the wildlife if everyone was here running their dogs about. So we've kept this quiet over years and years of me working on the farm for the wildlife. We don't mind people sharing it if they stick to the footpaths. But the trouble is now we've got to share it because if we don't, this is all going to be gone because National Grid, their surveys won't show what's here. 
that's your concern is it yeah the, the true picture won't yeah, be the true figures of what birds are here like i said to you earlier i didn't even know about a grasshopper warbler till we rung one the other day nightingale we, we rung here just a few weeks ago garden warblers yellow hammers that are on the red list bullfinches that are on the red list a hundred reed warblers we've rung here uh, 20 odd lesser white throats we've rung here the the yeah it's endless 20 odd species we've rung in just the last eight weeks george there was speaking to our reporter jerry warren well the station would help move wind generated power between suffolk and kent the government will make a final decision however there is some slightly positive news for nature today as figures from a national count show the number of butterflies in kent has gone up this year more than one and a half million were spotted across the country over a three week period in July and August but sadly overall figures show a worrying long-term decline over the last 13 years. Kent Online reports. An elderly man who was hit by a car outside Rochester Cathedral has had to have surgery to reset a bone in his foot. 81-year-old Fred Prairie suffered serious injuries after getting trapped under the vehicle while crossing the road last week. He's now recovering and has thanked everyone who helped him. A public exhibition is opening today as part of a campaign to save Folkestone Library. The Grade 2 listed building on Grace Hill has been closed since last December because of flood damage. Well, council bosses say it'll be too expensive to repair. They're meeting later this month to consider a petition to reopen it. A warning for drivers. A slip road onto the M2 from the A249 heading London bound is going to be closed for the next 17 days. You won't be able to get onto the motorway at Junction 5 for Sittingbourne from 8 tonight until the 2nd of October. It's all part of the £92 million Stockbury roundabout rebuild. One to also note, the coastbound carriageway of the M2 between Gillingham and Sittingbourne will also be closed this weekend. The only pub in a Kent village is set to reopen. The county members in Lim closed earlier this year for a major refurbishment. It's been bought by the owners of the Swan and the Red Lion in nearby Hythe and will welcome customers from the second week of October. Now, plans have been put in to convert a church in a Kent village into a holiday let. Appledore Methodist was sold at auction for just under under £221,000 last year. If the proposals are approved, it'll eventually have two double bedrooms, an open-plan kitchen, games and cinema room. Well, Roger Hiskey is chairman of Appledore Parish Council. It is sad indeed that the congregation of the Methodist Church was dwindling. Uh, it was sold on the open market and somebody now is applying to use it as a holiday home. Uh, and I'm not opposed to this at all. Part of the building will be demolished, but the front will stay the same. I don't think there'll be terrible parking issues, so I'm in favour of this use of the building. The Uni of Kent has been named in the top 10 universities in the southeast. It's sixth on the Times and Sunday Times Good University Guide for 2024. Oxford is at the top, followed by Southampton and Surrey. Canterbury Christchurch came in at 16th. And thousands of people will be in Whitstable over the next few days for the annual Oyster Festival. There'll be kite flying and beach games as well as live music and food stalls around the East Quay area. The event is designed to celebrate the town's historic and cultural connection with oysters. 
Kent Online Sport. Football and Chillingham will be hoping to keep their place at the top of the table as they welcome Morecambe to Priestfield this weekend. The Jills have won five out of seven league games so far this season. All of them 1-0. Here's midfielder George Lapsley. I don't really care whether you win 1-0, 4-0, 5-0, 5-4. If when you, when you walk off the pitch and you've got three points, that's, that's the thing that matters. I think as a team, we really do buy into keeping a clean sheet and you see how hard players have to work to sort of to stay in the team and play for this gaffer so we do have we do really work really hard to keep the clean sheet and to be honest we sh- as players we know we probably should be scoring more than what we are but we'll get there for sure yeah obviously if you're playing and and you're winning you're happy it's life so much better like when you go home on a sunday even like this whole week so much better knowing that we won the last game this football's crazy it does that to you like the most important thing is just winning and then everything after that's good and then you just need to be sort of chasing that again so you want to win again Saturday to be buzzing for the next week. Tomorrow's opponents are 14th in the table. We've also been catching up with Jill's manager Neil Harris. I'm expecting a lot cooler weather which hope, hopefully will play with a bit more of an intensity than we did against um, Harrogate. Um, I, th- I, think, I think the back-to-back home wins has given the lads another massive lift. Um, I think it should give the whole football club a lift. Um, that we, we, we know we're still a work in progress and we've still got loads of improvement to do um, but to have to, to have sort of five wins be at top of the league and, and to win back to back home games is really important for us going to the, the next one um, Morecambe similar to Harrogate in the sense of the way they play uh, they've got some real ability they've got some uh, real energy and quality at the top end of the pitch took a lot of loans in this year got some experience um, in the um, defensive unit area of the pitch in um, back line and in midfield um, so an, another tough game you know very Harrogate like Accrington like um, just another team that's had a solid start that as good as anybody in the league a Grimsby type um, as good as anybody in the league on their day they, they, they can play direct and, and play up to the front line they can pick up second balls they've got 1v1 ability in wide areas but they can sit in and play on the counter attack for sure um, obviously you, you never quite know what to expect the manager can flip it at any stage in shape and, and the style of play um, but yes again anybody who thinks we're just going to turn up and beat, and beat Morecambe you know you know, has to come with a different mindset to that. Has to come with a patient mindset and, and, and a mindset that we are playing against a very good side who, who narrowly got relegated last year at League One and has got aspirations to go back up again. Well, kick-off in League Two tomorrow is at three. You'll be able to follow the match action at Kent Online. We'll also have reaction to the result in bulletins over on our sister radio station, KMFM, on Sunday morning. And Gillingham defender Robbie McKenzie has been named Player of the Round for Round One of the Carabao Cup. He's been recognised for his outstanding display in the Jills match against Southampton. He scored twice in the 3-1 win. And finally in rugby, England are back in action at the World Cup in France this weekend. They take on Japan in Group D on Sunday. After beating Argentina in their opening match of the tournament, Kent's Alex Mitchell played at scrum half in that one and will be hoping to keep his place in the side. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. Plus, you can get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. And to sign up to that, you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk. Whilst you're on the website today, don't forget to check out the latest review from our secret drinker. Have a fantastic weekend. We'll be back with the podcast on Monday. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.